This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. A woman and man apply for a mortgage. Does it matter whose name appears first on the document? The answer may surprise you. It really is saying that if she lists herself first, she has a lesser chance of getting an origination. So to me, that would be discriminatory if there isn't some explanation. Then, the addiction treatment industry grabs headlines. But does it help people overcome their dependency on drugs and alcohol? We'll talk to an expert for an insider's view. There are about 22 million people in the United States with a serious drug or alcohol problem. And only one out of ten goes for help. That's a sad fact. Those two stories, and much more, are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you're a couple buying a house, does it matter whose name goes first on the mortgage application? Surprisingly, it makes a big difference. With a look, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Spencer Cowan, who is a vice president of research at the Woodstock Institute, a Chicago-based nonprofit research and policy organization that focuses on fair lending, wealth creation, and financial systems reform. So you were studying the mortgage application and refinancing application process, and you found some disturbing differences in who gets approved and who does not. So give us some of the biggest headlines of your study. We were looking at the rate that applications resulted in mortgage originations. What we were looking at is whether women had equal access to mortgage credit compared with men. And what we found was that overall, purchases of female applicants were about 8% less likely to have purchased mortgages originated and about 21% less likely to have refinanced mortgages originated than were male applicants. This was for all female applicants versus all male applicants. When we looked at couples, perhaps the most surprising result was that a female applicant with a male co-applicant was much less likely to have her application result in an origination than a male applicant with a female co-applicant. That was very surprising, and it was true overall For purchase applications, the female-male application was 24% less likely to have a mortgage originated than a male-female application, and 39% less likely to have a refinance mortgage originated. And this was true across white applicants, black applicants, Asian applicants, other minority applicants, and Latino applicants. So is this blatant discrimination against women, or what do you believe would the underlying reason for this be? Well, I can't say that it's blatant discrimination. I can say that it's resulting in a disparate impact. That is, that female applicants are getting fewer originations than male applicants with a female co-applicant, and this is controlling for the loan-to-income ratio. So in other words, it's not just that one group of applicants is asking for larger mortgages relative to their income. We should note that this study was conducted in a six-county region around Chicago. Do you think that these results would generally be similar nationwide? I would be surprised if the results weren't similar in other areas. 
Now, you mentioned this a moment ago that you found a big difference in approval rates for refinance loans as opposed to mortgage applications. What is your theory as to that big gap? Part of it may be that women during the housing bubble, female applicants were disproportionately steered into subprime products, even when they could qualify for prime products. Those, of course, became toxic People had trouble paying when, say, the rates reset exorbitantly. And so they may have more problems with credit history. They may have gotten properties that have declined more in value. So there may be a higher percentage of female borrowers who are underwater. I don't know. Again, they're not in the data set that I had. Our guest on InfoTrack is Spencer Cowan from the Woodstock Institute, which conducted a study that found that a mortgage or refinancing loan is more likely to be approved when a man is the primary borrower. Spencer, I have to say this whole topic is a little confusing to me because from a common sense standpoint, aren't the couple's incomes and credit scores essentially blended together to decide their credit worthiness? That's what I believe, and I think that's true. And so... That's what makes this one of the more perplexing findings that I've come across in my research is trying to think of what would be a particular reason why you would get this result. Sometimes we get findings that we look at it and we think about them and we go, oh, well, I can understand why that might happen. This one where the incomes are blended, credit scores are blended, credit histories are blended, I don't know why there would be a reason where the female applicant with a male co-applicant would have that different an economic and credit profile than a male applicant with a female co-applicant. So you have not gotten any satisfactory answers from the banking industry on why this may be? Well, I really haven't asked people in the banking industry. I know there are other people who have, and generally I haven't heard an explanation. And that's why one of the recommendations is this is something that needs further examination. Because the standard in fair lending enforcement is whether there is a disparate impact. That is, a policy can be neutral on its face, but if it results in one group getting fewer originations, it may be a violation of fair lending. For example, if a lender had a policy that they don't lend to single parents, because single parents have additional responsibilities, they don't have the support network, so they just feel that if you're a single parent, you need a higher credit score. Well, in this country, women are much more apt to be single parents than men. And so that policy would result in women getting fewer mortgages than they would if they had been treated equal. That's a violation of fair lending laws. Some banks have responded to your study by saying, we're not violating any laws or discriminating because both parties, the man and woman, are being denied the loan. So discrimination would be if we denied a loan to a woman. What are your thoughts on that? Interesting perspective. On the other hand, the woman is the applicant. That is the primary person on the mortgage. It really is saying that if she lists herself first, she has a lesser chance of getting an origination. So to me, that would be discriminatory if there isn't some explanation. Just based upon what you learned in this study, what kind of advice can you offer to a consumer who is a potential borrower? Well, the obvious one is if you have a man and a woman applying, put the man's name as the applicant. The general advice would be have a good credit score, know what your credit score is, save diligently and have a good down payment, and work with a reputable lender. 
And in terms of actually addressing this problem, is there something legislatively that may be necessary? The other policy recommendation we had relates to the data itself. And the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau has the authority to require additional data under the Home Mortgage Disclosure Act. And actually, Woodstock Institute is part of a group that has submitted a white paper to the Bureau requesting additional data, including credit score, the appraisal value of the property, the debt-to-income ratio, which just recently became very well publicized as an issue with the Qualified Mortgage Standard. And that's the total amount of debt service you have relative to your income, not just the mortgage, but credit cards and student loans and things like that. And so we think that with additional data like that, the age of the applicant to find out whether there's age discrimination, it will be easier for outside observers like Woodstock or fair lending enforcement groups to look at the data and say, this shows a pattern where maybe there is discrimination, or in fact, while the outcomes may be disparate, that we can see why it's happening. So it's more transparency in the system. It's more opportunity for verification that these policies are or not consistent with fair lending requirements. Spencer Cowan from the Woodstock Institute based in Chicago. And you can find out more at their website, woodstockinst.org. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, prepare to be shocked when we take you inside the addiction treatment industry. An expert tells all. Coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead. 